Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. (laughs) Oh, man. I'll take this one. Hey, y'all. It's good to be with you. I'm nervous. I tell you, I get nervous whenever I'm doing something when E.L., my son, who preaches over at Compass Christian Church, once in a while they ask me to speak over there in a pinch. And uh, I get real nervous when I do it with my son-in-law. I mean, you, know, you always hear about the in-laws and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's true. No, it ain't. <laughs> That's a lot of love and respect I have for Bobby, and I don't want to ruin his ministry. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's so good to be with you. I love movement. I love what you do as a church. Uh, Steve, what an awesome uh, meditation. It comes from the heart, and I think that's what a lot of you folks do here. Uh, you give from the heart. And uh, when you do your ministry, whether it's getting up, uh, uh, I want to first of all thank Paul and Judy sitting right over here, opened up their home to us, hospitality all over the place. Uh, we had to stay in that big trailer of his and the, the car stay, but no, we didn't. We stayed in the nice room. But they are so good. And it's a great thing that y'all have here. Everybody has jobs to do. And you're always doing certain things. And that's got to be neat once in a while. But you do this every week. Some of you for years and years and years. And, uh, uh, but I think that's an amazing thing. Just those small things you do for other people and for the Lord is very admirable. And I thank God for you on that. Um, I want to thank uh, just uh, Maddie. What a great talent she has and ability. Uh, and to see my uh, grandson Luke uh, standing up here with his guitar. And I told Sharon, I said, I remember when he was littler than, I guess, Andrew. He was two, yeah, so he'd be about three, four years younger. And we would take him out to a Christmas thing down in uh, Hampton, Virginia, where I was preaching. And uh, he'd get up and dance just like them. I mean, he was just dancing. didn't care about anything. But now he's up here, real calm, cool, good-looking dude, and just sitting there playing that guitar. That's my grandboy. And Daniel, you ought to hear Daniel play the trumpet. Um, it's terrible. He's never played it. So <laughs> I love all my grandkids. Proud of Josiah. All of them are getting tall, big. I got something I want to do. Bobby said that we can do our favorite sermons. And y'all have had some great preachers here. Dennis Crean was here, and uh, we had, I think, Greg Coverdale was here, and had Buddy Swains were here, and that, this is a great thing. And next week, you got a new guy coming, uh, doing new church work, and uh, so that's going to be an awesome thing. And it's hard for a preacher to say, okay, I'm going to let someone else get in the pulpit and preach some sermons. And uh, but I think the ones that he's picked, I've heard them, and I know them, I love those guys, and, uh, but Bobby's going to get them and say, see, this is what you get. If you don't have me, so I think no, he's, he's going to be good with it. I, my favorite sermon is one I got when I was a young preacher. I started preaching at Pole Green Church Christ. I was 24 years old when we started full-time ministry there. And I was there for 28 years. And in that time of ministry, in the early, early ages of, of my ministry, uh, Sherry was just around mm, five, six. We were going to uh, Disney World with Mama and Big Daddy. Uh, remember that? We used to travel up. We stopped and... Um, in a place in Georgia. I don't know the name of the place. Don't remember the name of the church. Don't remember the name of the preacher. But we stopped that Sunday to go to worship in the Church of Christ. And this guy got up and he preached a sermon 
on potatoes. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is this guy doing? It became one of my favorite sermons. Sermons that I enjoyed listening to, but also could relate with. And as a preacher, we sometimes, and I see it in many different congregations, that there are certain things about people and potatoes that kind of go along with each other, okay? And so I, the way he took this, and then I kind of, over the years, have changed it, added a few taters here and there. But back home, we don't call them potatoes. We call them taters. And so I want to introduce you to the Tater family from a certain place called Spudsville. Now, Spudsville is a unique little place, and they have a little church there at the First Church of Spudsville. And the preacher, I got to talk with him, his last name was Brown, and Hash is his first name, but Hash Brown. He has some things about, and being a preacher myself, I asked him, and this is sort of a parable, what are the people like in your town? He says, well, the best way to explain them is to explain to people in the congregation. Now, as a preacher, I get to see people in the congregation. This is one of my favorite things to do is talk about people <laughs> because uh, we talk to them, we love them, we want to seek and save them. But if we do that, we as a congregation got to realize what we act like when we leave this place. We come to be encouraged. We come to get spiritual enrichment. We want to have fellowship. But our mean is, as we heard during the communion time, is to seek and save the lost. We're to be servants, servants to others in a day-to-day -day activity. Not only that, we're to do the will of the Father. We have to do some things that sometimes are uncomfortable. It's not of our nature. And we have to come out of that with the help of the Holy Spirit, with brothers and sisters in the Lord. But in so doing, we run into at church certain ones. And I've got an introduction to them. And I want to, if I can, get this straight. Because I want to kind of set them out here if I don't drop them. A couple of them are bruised and a little angry by what Bobby did to them. But we'll, we'll move on with that. Let me see. I want to introduce these two of them here. My wife gave me, it's helped me out with this. She gave me some tacks. So she said, David, when you do this sermon, try to be tactful. I'm doing my best, honey, I'm doing my best. I want to introduce you to two little folks here in this Tater family. And I hope this works. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you hear them go, ouch. That one of them, one of them is Spectator. Okay, the last names are all the, the last names are all the same. <laughs> Taters. But this is Spectator, okay? Everybody in church has a spectator, and their spectator, and uh, also has, let me get this straight, because they, they're kind of, kind of, mm-hmm, there you go. Sharon, where's my hazard? Is that hazard? That's meditator. I'm looking for my hesitator. Y'all go, y'all talk to each other a little bit. I'm going to find them. <laughs> that's sweet, that road, that palatine. This is the Ah, got them right here There they are Man, No it ain't Did I drop one? I didn't drop that What's that? Go sit down please There's always got to be a spectator She saw that and she, it, There it is <laughs> I'm glad you didn't hesitate because we got hesitator. Okay. It was embarrassing. It was not in the program. All right. So, okay. We got hesitator and 
spectator. Every church has people like that. Now, spectator and hesitator, amazing people. That's the thing about them. They're talented, gifted. They can do all kinds of stuff. In fact, we, we, they, they've asked the uh, hesitator if they wouldn't mind serving ministries, do some kind of work and stuff. Also ask this someone here, your spectator, would you please do some work saying, a gifted voice, do some instruments, do something like that. But old spectator and hesitator, same way, they just don't do it. The spectator said, I, I, I don't want to do that. I'd rather watch somebody else. Have you ever done that? Now, movement is known. I want you to know this. You are known for being people of doing something. But that, no, in most places, churches don't have that. All they got is people that expect, and when they don't do anything, they kind of like, hmm, complain, you know? <laughs> then you got your hesitator. They're just kind of like, uh, I, I don't, I'll do it. No, I won't do it. I might do it. Maybe, maybe next week. They're kind of like next week. And you're talking to them for years that way. They keep going back and forth, back and forth. Some people think that the reason they don't do anything is because their life ain't right. What they do outside, in other words, they come into church, they're gifted, they're talented, they can do certain abilities. But they don't do it because they, they kind of mess up a little bit. Some people think that spect and hesitator may be reluctant because they feel guilt. They have even been said that they've seen them at the potato bar. Have you ever seen loaded potatoes? <laughs> well, that's the rumor. See, it ain't true. The only problem with these two, it ain't nothing to do with the guilt of that living, the way they act. They're just couch potatoes just sit in a pew and just stink. <laughs> but they, anyway, that's hesitators and that's spectators. I would like to let them know, according to what James says, you can see the verse of passage scripture, if I had two people like that, I would want them to know, James says, don't just be merely listeners of the word, just sitting there hearing preaching, hearing great music, hearing great singing, seeing people do things, go, oh boy, they do great work, I love what you do, you're talented, you're gifted, get involved in some way, some small way, or whatever. But it says, don't merely be listeners of the word and deceive yourself, but do what it says. And God's word says do something. He's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit, the most powerful gift you could ever receive. He's given you of your sins, gotten rid of and can handle the guilt even. He can take you through the different difficult times of hurt, pain, sorrow. And if you're really getting plugged in with Jesus, you will not hesitate. You cannot just be a spectator. Well, that's one of the key people there, but there's some other ones in the church as well. Some people ask, do we have any little ones? Well, this ought to be really neat now because I got them spread all over the place. And they asked me about, is there any young ones that you got there? And I said, yeah, we got them tater tots, the preacher said, that uh, goes to the church. Uh, one of them, I, I know I've seen them here before. Here we go. This is a little one. Let me give me a little tater. This is one of those little persons who maybe be a high school student, got some high school kids right here and stuff like that. They're called Emma. <laughs> Emma Tater, okay? Now, Miss Emma Tater, boy, they can go to church. They got a smile on them. Why? Because everybody has a smile on. I don't know who she's looking at, but anyway. <laughs> There we go. There you go. Anyway, she just imitates. You know, if she sees people singing, guess what she's going to do? She's going to sing. If she sees people being nice, she's going to be nice. 
and that's good. But the problem is, Miss Imitator, when she goes to school and she sees somebody bullying, she can be a bully. When she sees somebody laughing at somebody, making fun of somebody, then she too joins in and imitates that. You know, we sometimes as Christians, as people, we seem to imitate those that we get around a lot. And so therefore, we got to be very careful if we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, not to imitate the things of the world, because there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of uh, philosophies. There's a lot of good intentions that we try to sometimes imitate, but it's not real, real and true. And it becomes a fake type of a faith. And therefore, we got to be very careful. Now, Bermis imitator, I would tell her, according to what Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 2, it says, be ye imitators of who? Of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us. So that means you imitate God, but when you get into the world, when it's really a mess out there, you continue to imitate him. In fact, you'll be known more in the imitation of God and recognized more when you make those stands in that way. So that's, uh, that was this Miss uh, imitator, but here's a, here's a good one. Got to be careful. This guy's name is Richard. And uh, he's kind of a bully in some ways. I don't want to stick my finger. But this is, uh, they call him Dick. So dictator. Everybody seems to have a dictator when it comes to our faith and in our Christian walk. People who just want to dictate everything. You got to agree with me no matter what. This a dictator, he's, he brags a lot. A dictator will also think of himself more highly than he ought to think. In fact, he thinks he single-handedly, at working with Nassau, came up with Spudnik. <laughs> Spudnik. Um, work with me on this, folks. This is, uh, we're on TV here, so make sure. I would hear a lot of <laughs> Anyway, but think about old dictator. They always kind of like to, unlike spectator, and we find that old dictator, he gets involved in everything. Spectator just watches, but dictator jumps in and tells you, here's how you do it. And sometimes he's not correct in it, but you can't tell dictator he's not correct in that. And so dictators have a lot of trouble. They, the only way you can really get along with him is just to butter him up. And so when you butter up these people, all that does is make it worse, and then you become half-baked. But listen, not only that, if you don't butter him up, it'll fry him. I'll stop. I really will stop. But I want you to understand that sometimes we come to, come, when we come to worship God, we are in the midst of all this situation, and, and it, it kind of affects us. And so when you come, be careful about your opinions, uh, about what you may think, this, that, and the other. Sometimes it's best not to open up too much saying things in a way that destroys and hurts or intimidates people. I would tell dictator, you ought to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, get down into that passage of Scripture, verses 4 and 5, when it talks about loving one another, be patient, Love is kind, it doesn't envy, it's not boastful, it's not proud. Love is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. It says that love never fails, the next passage of Scripture there. But I want you to realize something here, folks. The people who become a dictator usually think of themselves and are not caring about the love of others. And what is Christ all about? It's about love. 
It's about caring for people. And, and, and I tell you, we're not the most lovable people. But if we're going to dictate our lives after a molding after a person who is always perfect and right, Jesus Christ, imagine how he came. I mean, he knew all things. But the way he did it was through the love of the Father and the patience and the kindness that he showed. I, I would tell that because all of us have these. And by the way, these are sometimes just as different individuals. These are all part of us in some way, shape, or form. Well, that's, that's one of the guys there that we've been talking about. I want to move on if I can because I've got another one. This is an interesting person one. Let me find him here. He's out here somewhere. Oh, he's a long one. I might need a long one here. Excuse me. This here individual might need two tacks. So got to be tactful with these guys. And this is Common. I want you to meet Common Tater. Commentator, you know what commentator does? Talks. Excuse me, they're all going all over the place. Commentator. <laughs> this is not, this is so much fun. I don't, I don't know if y'all enjoy this, but I'm having a, a bash. I mean, I'm having a good time. Commentator. Your commentator is a person who blabs things. This is what this one does. She, they hear it, she hears it, he hears it. It's going to be told to everybody. It's one of those people you don't want to say, I'm going to tell you something, but let nobody else know. Or if you got something to get out, if you ever have something you want to get the word out, you go to this person and say, I got something to tell you. Let's kind of keep it quiet. It'll get out. <laughs> That's sometimes the best way to do that. And it ain't always. We, I know a lot of us guys are sitting there they say, yeah, that's women, all right. No, that's men too, okay? It can go either way on that. This commentator thing is one that they just kind of talk about. Uh, they're always self-appointed historians. They know everything that goes on. They love, oh boy, when the social media came out, that was, a, that was heaven to them. To get onto Facebook, everything on Facebook is true. Everything you read on Google, that's all true. Oh, no, it ain't. But all you read those, the theories, the, the different things, and they start spouting this stuff. And pretty soon they feed that over to the dictator, and they get into it. Boy, it's a nasty, nasty thing. But the problem of it is, is, is when they're commentators, they just kind of talk without thinking. They shoot it out. You ever heard somebody say, well, this is the way God made me. Don't blame God for your stupid mistakes, okay? <laughs> when somebody said, well, I'm just, hey, I'm just, hey, you're fat. What do you mean I'm fat? I'm just challenged in my height. You know, but anyway, but the person want to go to and just commentate us. Here's what James, James chapter 1, verse 19, it tells you, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be what? Quick to listen. That's why God gave us two big ears with big things sticking on the side of their heads. Some of y'all's got a little bigger ones than others, but we got them. We got them out there. And then he gave us one mouth with a set of teeth to keep that tongue encaged. So it tells us, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Let's work on that a little bit. Now, all these things, we can, can pray about ourselves. I, I know you, my thing is, is when I heard this sermon, I'm thinking about this person and that person, and then it hit me. No, this is me at times. I'm that individual. Lord, help me to be better. 
And Lord, help you that you would do a better way in communicating to people about things. Well, I got another one. Somebody, they, uh, this individual has a couple of kids here. And I like these guys. Here we go. I want you to meet them. You'll know them. You'll all oh, I, I know these kids. They're like, yes, I got four grandchildren who live in North Carolina. And let me tell you, <laughs> there's Adja, Agitator. Yeah, and they got, they got a brother. Those agitating thing. He won't stand up. All right, this is agitator. Okay, my wife, by the way, is wearing a boot. She, I know she likes me to tell you that. She would be up here helping me with this if she didn't have to go clunk, 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 clunk. Uh, but anyway, she's not going to do that. So we got, we got Adja. And who has the other one at? Adja, where you go? There he is. These two are called Adja and Era. Irritator. I call them Daniel and Luke. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No, no, I'm not. Listen, they made it. They're buddies. I think y'all think you're good, but look, they're sitting out at each other. Y'all ain't holding hands, I know. But anyway, uh, they, they, if they did, it's so they wouldn't get hit each other. But I, when they were growing up, I didn't think one of them was going to live. I mean, I thought, I thought whoa. And Bobby would come in there with shirts. I was like, what are we going to do with these two? I mean, they're just, whoo. They're, but now they're the best friends. But in that way, it works sometimes. So when you're immature, when you're young, you don't get your way. You don't get, hey, he took my football. He's got my baseball. He's got my basketball. Boy, that was a fight right there. You beat me. No, you didn't beat me. It was going on and on. But when that happens in the church, when you got Christians who are agitators, that are looking for ways to get somebody upset or an irritator just to get them going, they just kind of cause or kind of, they really become potato flakes. They're not, they're not very good. They're not the real thing. And we got sometimes Christians who are irritated. They come to church irritated. And they got that attitude. They don't like the way the singer's singing. They don't like the way the preacher's preaching. They don't like the way the person's wearing this. They don't like that hairdo. They don't like this color. They don't like that uh, material. They don't care about any of this. And they get into that kind of stuff. Boy, that's, that's going to make a good place for a visitor to come in to worship God, isn't it? Having people like that. Oh, but guess what? Guess who is an agitator? Guess who can be that kind of a, a situation who's an irritator? I get doing that. When I'm not doing right sometimes, I need to review about my attitude and get it back into the way it should be. And I'm reminded in Galatians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, if you keep biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So you've got two choices to make on these situations when you become that way. Well, one of them is you can keep doing it and get destroyed. Or you can just stop with God's help and with prayer and to start realizing that I don't have to always be right. I don't always have to get things started. And maybe I ought to get myself prepared for worship if I'm going to come together on the first day of the week. Maybe I ought to get myself ready on that on Monday and pray about how I'm going to act next week. And throughout the week, and especially on Saturday evening, get some rest, look things over, check myself out, because I guarantee you, irritator and agitator, a lot of them are just having some little issues going on that they got to work out themselves. 
Well, I want to move on. I got just a few more. Y'all with me? Y'all, this one, this is good. I want to show you, if I can, uh, this one. His name is Roe. Roe, Roe, Roe. Roe Tatum. They hop from church to church. Let me tell you, they rotate in their faith. They're faithful one week, and next week, don't see them at all. Rotate. This is kind of rotate on what they believe in. They believe in the Lord, then they hear some other little thing. They start rotating to that faith, into that philosophy, into this thing. They just rotate. They can rotate on friendships. They can rotate on family relationships, rotate in marriages. It just keeps going on and on. They never get satisfied. And they kind of just get restless. And they just kind of go over and over. They also, by the way, he thinks he's a red potato. He's not. He thinks he's an Irish potato. But he's not. He's just a rotator. And he kind of gets, he, he's, the only reason he thinks he's that is because he's been scalloped. And so he gets a little upset. And so therefore, when he takes it out on everybody else, I just don't think he gets anything out of the service, and it doesn't meet any of his needs because he's always rotating. Let me tell you something. If you don't get yourself firm, get a firm foundation in your faith, make it your faith, not somebody else's faith, not the wife, the husband's, nobody else's. You get yourself cemented into the Lord's Word, and you'll be amazed how that you find yourself not going all over the place like rotator. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we possess. And it says, let us consider how we may spur, could put spud there, but I didn't, but spur one another on toward love and the good deeds. And let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us do what? Encourage one another. Rotator doesn't understand that you go to church, not just to see what you can get out of it, but what you can put into it. That's why you're here today. And then there's another fellow here that has this issue, and uh, his, his problem is, and his name, first name is Amp, Ampu, Amputator. Boy, he can cut you off in a heartbeat. You can talk to him and cut you right off. You can say this, that, and the other, he won't even listen to it. Amputator. Amputator is kind of an individual, and again, we all go through this stuff. He's kind of like slicing and dicing, always picking and tearing apart. He's done more harm to the Spudville Church than a lot of people. It causes divisions. There's not happening unless he can really amputate us, somebody from the Lord. Maybe amputate a church, have a split. Boy, I hope and pray you'll never have that, but you'll, you'll probably, the, Lord, the devil would love to put you, that individual, he'd love to make David Jones be an amputator, always cutting people off, cutting the church, causing divisions. I would more warn him about Romans chapter 16, verse 17 through 18, where it says, I urge you brothers to watch over those who causes divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching that you have learned. Oh boy, we have a lot of amputators that have cut us off from God's Word. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord, but their own appetites. Well, I'm going to tell you something, people. We have a lot of people who are like that in this world. We got people that just want to divide us in every way, shape, and form. If they could cause a division and anger and fussing and feuding, they're making Satan smile. We cannot let that happen. Then I see these kind of people, and this is sad as I move on here. 
this kind of individual, his name is uh, Stu, Stu Tater. Old Stu Tater is the individual who worries about every little thing. They stew on this, stew on that, they get so upset, they just cannot hold themselves together. It's like mashed potatoes almost. You ever seen stewed potatoes? They're delicious, but they don't look good. Sometimes we're like stewed potatoes where everything bothers us. Everything gets us, messes with us. It could be something with a health. It could be wealth or lack of it. It could be a family. It could be government. It can be this, that, and the other. And we just stew about it. Look at the world today. Look what's happening today. And we see all the negative stuff. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, I would tell old stew tater, I would tell him this, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, the stewing happens in here. And we're not getting our minds set straight. I'm reminded of a passage of Scripture where it says, don't give in to the world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your spirit. Well, how about this next one here? Uh, if I could uh, find, let me see, where is he? Pal, I got, where's, is that pal potato? You ain't even have pal potato, Sherry. Uh, I'm sorry, Bobby. This guy thinks he's really good looking. He's always with the girls, always trying to find somebody cute to sit with. And uh, I should have figured this old pal potato. When they, you know why they go to church? Can I borrow this, man? Yeah, I put it right back. I'll be, when I'm finished, I'll, I'll move it. He just thinks they're so good looking. There could be a guy or girl. I'm going to come in there, walk in the door and expect everybody to flock at him and go, oh, you look so beautiful. You look so wonderful. They took them hours and hours to get there. They, they get in front of a mirror. They got all this money involved and concrete on their face and all this paint and all this fluff and all this stuff and all this expensive thing. And, and sometimes it can be, a, and I'm talking about guys. <laughs> but anyway, we sometimes see this thing and they think we're God's gift to humanity because of the way we look. And they put everything into their look. And if they see you and go, hmm, boy, that person, that's a goofy-looking individual, they judge other people. And old, that's where old palpitator is. He just thinks he's so beautiful. But yet there's some stuff going on that you really don't see when you see somebody like that. According to Matthew 23, Jesus would talk to Pharisees that way at times. He says, woe to you teachers of the law and you Pharisees. Why, you hypocrites, you're like whitewashed tombs. And it says, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you're full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. And in the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Well, we don't want to be like that. We've got to be very careful about just looking like we've got everything under control. Um, our brother, a little while ago when he was talking about the prayers that was needed during the family time, I mean, we've got to sometimes admit we just need prayers. We knew where we just we get lost sometimes in some things, but with a church family and with God's help, what a blessing it is to have people like that. Well, I'm going to close up with a couple of good ones, real good ones. I don't want you to think everybody in the Tata family has got some kind of problems. But again, when we come into church, we come here, and I've heard some people say, well, that church got a lot of hypocrites in it. 
Well, let me tell you something. I think all of us have a little bit of hypocrisy in us at times. That's why we're in church, to help God help us get us straight and to also see straight and to be straight in a way that would make him proud of us and also reach out to others. But I, I want to tell you about this one here. Unlike commentator, uh, this one here is more of a meta is a name. Meditator. Meditates. Thanks really absorbs what's being said, whether it's being the silly little sermon with potatoes or whether it be something very, very deep in God's Word. As you do your daily devotions, as you look and you say, how can I do something better for the Lord? Meditate on how to be a better servant for Christ. Think about what he's doing for you and for others. And so we want to be a good meta. I'm not going to hit no buttons, but if this breaks out into song, I'll get spectator up here to, to sing. But just think about that and meditation about it. I just think it's great. One of the happiest people in all the church are those, according to Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or will sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates. Day and night, he's like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields his fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither or weather it. And whatever it does, he does, it prospers. I like to see more meditators. I think that's what you're striving to be. Meditate upon Christ, not the world, not the things you see and hear sometimes around us. Well, these last two, I just don't know how else to explain them. Um, they're just, well, let me just introduce you. There's two sisters, and I'll just mention one of them here. She's, and by the way, this is a different kind of potato here, by the way. It's a sweet tater. <laughs> you got somebody in this church that's just so sweet. Okay. You know what I mean? I know you do. You're probably sitting there thinking, well, that's me, but I won't say nothing. <laughs> Sweet taters, just one of those individuals. They are sweet. They just, if they say something bad, they're like, you see them blush, and if they do something wrong. Well, sweet potato and facilitator, that's the other, her sister there. I want to talk to you about them. They're both the same. They are just really, really amazing people. Facilitator and sweet tater. I didn't, I don't think I put this on scripture up. It's in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, when somebody asked sweet potato and facilitator, because everything she says is about the Lord. Whenever she facilitates, every time, you know what a facilitator does? It brings people together. You know, you see, sometimes those other ones, they split. Division, the Lord hates. But he loves them when people can sit down and talk things through. I mean, we have different philosophies, have different opinions about worldviews. Some of y'all may even like Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, thing, the thing of it is, is facilitators, they kind of bring things together through talking, through using common sense, and using God's help. And that's what these, that's why they're sweet. That's why they're facilitators. They bring it together. Facilitator is one of those who help resolve conflicts, moves making progress for others, always caring about others, and will t tell people how much they appreciate them. 
and they inspire success. And when we ask these two, why are you like you are? They use the passage of Scripture found in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. <laughs> yeah. All right. These are our tater folks. And uh, I've been told, preacher, when you preach a sermon, you better be careful because you might step on some people's toes. Well, preachers like doing that sometimes. But I always think, just let the chips fall where they may. Would you preach a potato sermon and it will help people and not destroy them? I want to close with a passage of scripture and then we're going to turn it over in a little bit as we have uh, the music. I'm going to bring these over here off of the instruments. But we're going to have a closing song in just a minute. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12. And it says, uh, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, we acknowledge, we acknowledge those who work hard among you those who care for you in the Lord and admonish you you hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work live in peace with each other and we urge you brothers and sisters warn those who are idle disruptive and encourage the disheartened Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Movement Christian Church, I'm sure, has issues with individuals. You have them. You know them. You know them better than anybody else. Maybe others don't even have a clue of what you're dealing with. But the thing I appreciate so much here is the love you have for each other. The love you have for God. I've uh, been with Bobby. <laughs> but uh, we've cried together. But I cry because he's crying. His heart, his heart hurts. When you see some of the folks walk away from Christ, or people hurting, I've talked with Sherry, who are dealing with ladies who are sometimes lonely, worried, concerned. And, and then I see you as a congregation bless each other and encourage Bobby as he works here and Sherry and letting other preachers come in and do this is not an easy thing for a preacher to do some people say well he's taking it easy <laughs> no he's not it gets even harder sometimes but I want you to know if it might be small in some ways but you are huge in the eyes of God and there may be somebody here today as they saw Christ and needs to know what do I need to do to be a Christian? Or what do I need to do to get back into the grace of God? And what can I do to help in this community who cares for others? Well, we'll be standing off to the side here. We'd love to talk with you and share with you as we stand and sing a closing song. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.